Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord? Hey, one more time, we're going to look in the book of Mark, chapter number 2. This time, we're going to read the entire story. Mark, chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 12. Some of you might be thinking, Pastor, what are you doing here today? Your daddy just passed away this morning. Uh, Sometime before 5 a.m., I was there uh, the last few days. I was there yesterday. I kissed him on the head, and I said, Daddy, I'll see you in a, in a little while, or I'll see you on the other side. So it looks like we're going to have to meet up uh, over on the uh, other side. Um, why am I here today? Because my daddy told me, you show up to work early, and you do a good job. And so uh, I'm just doing what my daddy taught me to do. Amen. I'm here today because that's what my daddy taught me to do. If you don't believe God answers prayer, I'm going to just tell you a specific prayer that I've been praying now for a few years. Seeing that my mom and my dad and even uh, my in-laws, and glad to have my mother in love here, my wife's mother with us. Would you greet my wife's mother, Donna, this morning? She's with us here today. And every, every day that I have my extended prayer time, I, I pray for my mom, I pray for my dad, I pray for my, for my mother in love, my father in love. Every, every day I pray, and there's a specific prayer that I pray, and I've been praying it for a long, long time now. And God answered my prayer so far with my daddy. And the prayer that I pray almost every day, and every time I have my extended prayer time, is for my parents. I say, God, please. Uh, uh, don't let their bodies outlive their minds or their minds outlive their body. When either one of those two are, are, are when the body's gone or the mind is gone, uh, Lord, just would you please, would you please take them? And then I pray that, uh, Lord, uh, let them go. Uh, for my dad I, I, and my mom, I say, Lord, let them, let them go to heaven right there from their little house in Surreal, Oklahoma. And guess what? This morning, somewhere between before 5 a.m., my dad went to be with Jesus from his little house that he loved in Surreal, Oklahoma. God answers prayer. Can we thank the Lord for answered prayer this morning? I told my mother-in-law this morning, now, my dad cooperated. Now, you got to cooperate too. Amen. Well, we are sad, but we are glad for uh, my dad and uh, know where he's at. And, and uh, so, isn't it, isn't it awesome to have a great hope? Amen. To have a wonderful, wonderful hope. Well, I better, uh, I better stay focused this morning or it'll get out of hand here. All right. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 this morning began reading with verse number 1. The Bible says, and again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. 
He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Look at verse number 5 again. It says, when Jesus saw their faith. Say, Jesus saw their faith. One more time, Jesus saw their faith. Thank you, Father, for once again your incredible, your, your infallible, your miracle-working, your life-changing word. God, again today, I ask you that you will help me today. Holy Spirit, I need extra help today. And I pray your anointing will be upon me one more time today. And I pray that you'll open our ears and open our hearts today to receive your word. And God, not only receive it, but God, may we act upon the word that we receive today. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. Ah, you may be reseated this morning. Well, for those of you that are new to the church, this is your first time, or you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, at the end of every year, I I get alone with God, and I try to get direction from the Lord uh, as to what He wants to do in the coming year. Not every time, but more often than not, the Lord will give me an actual word, and that word will give direction for the coming year. Well, the word that the Lord gave me for the year 2018 is the word impact. Say impact. Let me give you three definitions for this word. The first one is the effect or influence made on another person or thing. Another uh, definition for the word impact is to make a difference. And then the third one is the action of one object colliding with another. See, it is my desire as lead pastor of this great church that we be effective and influential. That what we do will make a difference both now and for eternity. And that we experience, oh, a head-on collision with the Holy Spirit that will awaken us out of our spiritual slumber and will awaken in us a fresh hunger and thirst for all that the Holy Spirit has for us. Let me ask you this morning, how many of you could get excited about being a part of a church like this? Well, there are two areas where I believe God wants us to make an impact. And those two areas are locally and globally. Now, we've already covered the first one in the last couple of weeks, so let's move on to the second one this morning. Not only does God want us to have an impact locally, which includes both inside our church and outside our church. And by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you'll get online, you can listen to the last couple of of sermons and and get caught up to where we are, and I I would encourage you to do so. Not only does he want us to have a local impact, but I also believe that he wants us to have an impact globally, globally. So let's talk about a global impact. First of all, let's look at Mark chapter 16 And verse number 15, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. I want us to notice three things in this one short verse. First of all, I want us to notice the insistence. Notice the insistence. Jesus said, go, go. Does this sound more like a suggestion or a command? But not only do I see the insistence there, I also, then I see, 
I see the instruction. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Let's look at Romans chapter 10 this morning. Romans chapter 10 and verses 13 through 15. Paul writes and he says there, he says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that wonderful that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved? But he says in verse 14, he says, But how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Three little things in this one little verse. The insistence, the instruction, and then the third thing I see in this little verse is the inclusion. Jesus said, Go into all the world. Say, into all the world. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Say, all creation. creation. See, it is the will of God that every saint in every church not only have a local impact, but also a global impact. Listen, I declare to you that the Grace Place is going to do far more than just conduct church services. We're going to do far, far more than just try and keep the saints spiritually fat and happy. I declare to you this morning, the Grace Place, we will make an impact. We will make an impact both locally and globally. We will be effective and we will be influential. We will make a difference locally and we will make a difference globally. Literally millions of people are going to be in heaven and not in hell because of the impact of the Grace Place. Now, you, you, you might be content to get into heaven by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin, but not me. Not me. Amen. See, I not only want to make it into heaven, but I want some rewards waiting on me when I get there. Eternity is a long, long time. And we need to understand that, that our position in heaven is going to be determined by our obedience, our faithfulness, and our character. Now hear what I'm saying and hear what I'm not saying this morning. I'm not preaching salvation by works. We only get into heaven by placing our faith in God's grace. Everyone gets to heaven the same way. And it is the only way. And that is through placing our faith in God's grace. Placing our faith in what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Oh, the finished work of Jesus Christ. On the cross. But also we need to understand that not everyone goes, that goes to heaven will receive the same rewards in heaven. There will be a variation of rewards. The rewards in heaven will be determined by the degree of impact our lives had for Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us. Say, what is due us? What is due us? So we may receive what is due us, the things done while in our bodies, whether good or bad. And then in Revelation 22 and 12, Jesus said, Jesus said, I am coming soon. And Jesus said, my reward is with me and I will give to each person, notice, notice, I will give to each person according to what they have done. All right, let's get back to our subject today. We're talking about how our church will have a global impact. I 
will accomplish this by doing three things. Three things that we're going to do as a local church. Three things the Grace Place is going to do. And we, because we do these things, we are going to have a global impact. The first thing that is required, and that is we'll be supporting missionaries. Supporting missionaries. Let me, let me read Romans 10, verse 13 through 15 one more time. Romans 10, verse 13 through 15. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? How are we as a local church, how is the Grace Place going to have a global impact? We're going to do that by supporting missionaries. Now, at the Grace Place, we currently support 120 missionaries. 120 missionaries receive a check from us every single month. Let me tell you something different about the Grace Place and other churches, and that is other churches, they may send it one month and not send it two or three months and then send it. Listen, every single month, every single month, I can't tell you how many missionaries have come to me and said, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness. So many people are sporadic, but we always know. We don't know what this one's going to do and that one's going to do, but we always know the Grace Place, their money is going to be there every single month. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a, pray, a, hand, a, a praise this morning. 120 missionaries receive a check from us every single month. These missionaries are in 50 different countries. Just through, just through the ministry of the missionary that we support, the fingerprints of the Grace Place are in at least 50 countries right there. Now, you understand the missionary... They must, they must become acclimated to the specific country that they're called to. Uh, they learn the language of the country. They learn the culture. They learn the customs. Uh, they begin to talk like them. They begin to dress like them. They begin to think like them. They begin to fit in and become a part of them. They do everything they can to fit in and become accepted. Hey, the Apostle Paul did this. He did this. Notice what he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's look there. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And uh, verses 19 through 23. Paul writes and he says here, he says, For though I am free from all men, he said, I've made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. He said to the Jews, he said, I became as a Jew so I could win Jews. And those that are under the law, I became as under the law, that I might win those that are under the law. He said, to those who are without law, I became as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak, he said, I became as weak, that I might win the weak. He said, I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Missionaries are heroes in my book. Missionaries are heroes in my book. They leave their native country. They leave their family. They leave their friends. They leave their American comforts and luxuries. Oh, thank God for men and women who are willing to answer God's call on their lives and go. But what we need to understand is just as God has called some to go, he has called everyone else to sin. To sin. Romans chapter 10 and verse 15 says, how can they go unless they are sent? Listen, the grace place is a sending 
church. That is our purpose, is to be a sending church. There are people that are willing to go, but they must be sent. And so they're going to go, and we're going to send them. Isn't it a great, isn't it a great, uh, a great team? Amen. Hey, let me tell you what I'm proud of, what I'm excited about. Listen, over the past 15 years, our church has invested over $2 million in missions. Over $2 million in missions the last 15 years. What I'm even more excited about is, and that is we have given a million dollars to missions in just the last three years. Just take the last three years, missions giving, and add them up, and it will be over $1 million. Listen, you know what my heart is if you've been around very long, and that is I believe in God that in the next five years, I believe that God is going to help us, and our church, yes, our church is going to give a million dollars to missions in one year. You're not saying amen because you're not committing yourself. Amen. (laughs) Hey, we are now and will continue to have a global impact. Amen. One of the ways this will happen is through supporting missions. See, and I'm believing, I'm believing that not only will we continue to send money to missionaries, I'm believing and praying, I'm believing God uh, will begin calling some of our very own sons and daughters to become missionaries. Some of you just put your hands over the ears of your child. Amen. Not only are we going to send our money, but I believe we're going to send some of our people. How are we going to have a global impact? Well, first of all, by supporting missionaries. Second, second we are going to have a global impact by, uh, through specific ministries. Specific ministries. Look at Galatians. Galatians chapter number 2, verse 7 through 9. Paul writes again, and he says, When they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, Paul writing here, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. Notice that we, we, Paul and Barnabas, that we should go to the Gentiles and they should go to the circumcised or to the Jews. So if we're going to have a global impact, it's going to take specific ministries. Just as Paul had a specific ministry, most of all to the Gentile, Peter had a specific ministry to the Jews. See, not everyone is gifted for the same ministry. Different types of people reach different types of people. Now, different types of people require a different type of strategy. See, what works in a big city may not work in a small town or rural area. And people need to understand that. Even in a major city, the demographics of that particular area of the city will dictate what will and will not work. And we need to understand that. So how are we going to have a global impact? We are going to by partnering with people who have specific ministries. See, in global missions, it's not one size fits all. See, one missionary is suited for one assignment and some other missionary for another. Some have the giftings to reach uh, the people of one country, and somebody else may have the giftings and the call to reach another. 
Paul, again, was best suited for the Gentiles. Peter, best suited for the Jews. As I was thinking about this and preparing that, as I begin to look back over 45 years of full-time ministry, I recognized certain situations where my ministry was best suited for. And when my giftings were aligned with, with, core, uh, with corresponding needs, this is where my greatest success came. See, when a person's gifting parallel, uh, uh, when a person's giftings parallel corresponding needs, this is when the greatest impact is made. All right, how's the Grace Place going to have a global impact? It's going to be by, by supporting missionaries. It's going to be through specific ministries. It's also going to be through, through strategic methods. Strategic methods. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 22 again. Paul said, I have become all things to all people so that by all means or by all methods I might save some. So... How are we going to have a local or a global impact? We're going to do whatever it takes to make it possible for us to preach the good news of Jesus Christ around the world. Now, we have discovered that more often than not, uh, you you have to meet a human need in uh, in a people group overseas before you have an audience with them, uh, before you gain their respect, and before you're able to meet a spiritual need. If you meet people's physical needs, it usually opens the door to be able to speak to their spiritual needs. And because of this, because of that, we do a lot of humanitarian types of ministries. Uh, uh, we, we drill water wells in countries where the people have, have never, ever had fresh water. The people are all sick and dying because they are drinking filthy, contaminated, diseased water, but we come along and we drill a water well and we say, hey, come and dip your bucket in our water well and we'll give you fresh, clean water. We start by providing for them fresh, clean, natural water, which usually opens the door then for us to offer them living water. In other places, we feed the hungry. We begin by giving them natural bread and then we offer them Jesus, who is the bread of life. Oh, we, we, we will have a global impact through strategic methods. Oh, oh, methods like setting up a mobile clinic where, where doctors and nurses give free health care to the diseased and the dying, which will also open the door to tell them about the great physician. Our global impact includes placing Bibles with a commentary in the hands of pastors. Oh, in their own native language. That not only is a Bible in their own native language that they've never had a full Bible ever in the history of, of their ministry. And now we place in their hands a full Bible in their native language. But not only a full Bible, but a Bible that also comes equipped with its own commentary. But not just a commentary, but a commentary written amen, by our own spirit-filled assemblies of God. God uh, theologian. Oh, I can't tell you. I've seen, I've seen it. I can't tell you the, the, the joy on the, on, on the faces. I can't tell you how the faces light up. I can't tell you how, how that they are so excited and thrilled when we place in their hand the word of the living God that now they can go back to their churches and they can teach and they can preach the word of God and they can understand it better and they can present an adequate presentation of the gospel. Isn't that exciting this morning? 
Our global impact will include building and supporting Bible schools where native pastors can be taught the word and taught how to pastor. You say, do they need to be taught? Well, let me just tell you that one pastor was teaching out of the book of the Revelation about taking the mark of the beast. And he said, make sure whatever you do, you make sure you take that mark. Because if you don't take that mark, he said, you'll not be able to buy or sell. And so because you'll be able to buy and sell, you need to take the mark of the beast. Listen, that's just he didn't understand. He didn't know. That's why, that's why, that's why I'm so passionate about, about the, uh, uh, the fire Bible. I'm so excited about being able to partner with people that are handing the word of God to somebody in their own native language. But not just the word of God, but also a commentary that will teach them and train them and minister to them. Listen, I'm a part of an exciting church. Do you want to be a part? Amen. Our global impact will include planting churches in places where there has never been a Protestant church of any kind ever. 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 Just this last year, we funded five Five new churches in Moldova, in villages, in little towns, in, in little cities, amen, that, that, that have never, never, never had a local Protestant church, but their church is there because we put it there. This past year, we financed 50 house churches in India. I declare to you that we will do much, much more than just, than just hold church services at the Grace Place. We'll do far more than just try and keep the saints happy and keep them from killing each other. I'm telling you, we're building a great church. Amen. We're going to have a global impact. Amen. We're going to make a difference in our world. We're going to partner with missionaries and missions. That in employ strategic methods in order to, pl- to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our takeaway today is a church that makes an impact will have God's provision, power, and protection. Listen, I've proven it. I've proven it. For 45 years, I have proven it. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. A church that makes an impact will have God's provision, it'll have God's power, and it'll have God's protection. On the other hand, a church that is not is no more than a religious club who is only holding weekly club meetings. Let me, let me tell you this morning, because I won't always be your pastor. I will always be standing behind you. So if you're a deacon or a leader in this church or anybody, you, you, you write this down and you remember this when I'm long gone. You remember it. The greatest insurance policy a church can have the greatest insurance policy a church can have on the continued success of that church is make an impact. Locally and globally. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. A church that makes an impact will have God's provision, it'll have God's power, and it'll have God's protection. Well, let me close today by giving you three things that you will need in order to make a personal impact. 
See, see, it's not enough to be a part of a church that's making an impact, but you as an individual should desire to make an impact personally. How many of you would like to make a personal impact? It's awesome that you can join this church and be a part of a church that's having a local and a global impact, but, but, but do you want to have a personal impact yourself? Three things are required, and all three of them come from our scripture that we read this morning. First of all, if you're going to have a personal impact, you're going to have to have the right purpose. What is the requirement to have a personal impact? The right purpose. And it's found in verse number 3. It says they came to him. Say him. They came to him bringing a okay, him. Who's him? Jesus. They came to him. They came to Jesus bringing a paralytic. Here's your purpose right here. Here's your, for those of you that just struggle, struggle, struggle with your purpose, I'm giving it to you again. Not hard. It's easy. Here's your purpose. They came to him bringing a paralytic. They, bring, they came to Jesus bringing a paralytic. Pastor, what is the right purpose? How can I find my purpose? How can I find my purpose? Here it is. Are you ready? Here it is. Here's your purpose, to please God and point people to Jesus. That's it. That's it. To please God and point people to Jesus. That's exactly what these men did. They pleased God, and they pointed their friend to Jesus. Listen, that ought to be our main purpose in life in every single area and everything that we do. Listen, I also believe, and I've said this before, but I believe that everybody, every person, I believe, should have a personal mission statement. Just as the mission statement of this church is caring people, caring for people, I believe that you should have a personal mission statement of your own. Mine is to add value. My personal mission statement is to add value to everyone and everything I encounter. That's my mission statement. That's my mission in life. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to give my life to. I want to add value to everyone. And everything I encounter. What am I saying here? I'm saying I want to make a personal impact, right? That's what I'm saying. What am I saying with my mission statement? I'm saying I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. To make a personal impact requires, first of all, the right purpose. But it also requires the right people around you. The right people around you. We found it again in the same little story. Verse number three, it says, then they, say they. They came to Jesus. Who's they? The four men, right? The four men. They came to Jesus, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. These four men had the same purpose. They had this, they were going the right, the same direction. They had the same heart. They had the same spirit. So they aligned themselves with people that had the right, that had the same heart and had the same perspective and was going in the same direction. Duh. Stop hanging out with those people that are pulling you here, there, and somewhere else. Align yourself with the people that are going the same way you want to go. What would have happened if all four of those guys would have got on a corner and all four of them wanted to go a different way? They would have pulled the stretcher in two and the men would have fallen down on the ground. Some of you aren't getting to, your, to where you're supposed to go because you're pulled this way and you're pulled that way and somebody, somewhere else by people that are in your life. It's time to align yourself with the people that are going in the direction that you want to go. Yeah. 
Did my best, Daddy. Because, listen, here's the reason. The people you allow to get close to you, they'll either help you or they'll hurt you. They'll either pull you up to where they are or they'll pull you down to where they are, depending on where they are. They'll either help you carry the load or they'll make your load heavier. Third requirement in order to make a personal impact is persistence. And it's found in that little story too. Verse number four said, When they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was and lowered the man down on the stretcher. They carried him on. See, here's what we can we can learn here, and that is without persistence, we will not make an impact. Without persistence, we will not make an impact. Making an impact is not always easy. Making an impact doesn't always happen on the first try. Doesn't always happen with plan A. Didn't for them. Plan A, get their friend on a stretcher, take him to where Jesus is, carry him right into the door, right into where Jesus is. They get there, the, the house is packed, you can't even open the door. Amen, plan A didn't work, so they go to plan B. It's not going to be as easy as we thought it was going to be. It's going to be a little harder than we thought it was going to be, but you know what? We're going to be persistent. Listen, we want to make an impact, amen? Oh, we want to make a difference in this man's life. And so because we want to make a difference in this man's life, we're willing to do whatever it will take to get this man in the presence of Jesus. I ask you this morning, how bad do you want to make an impact? How much do you want your life to count? Listen, it ain't always going to be easy. And plan A is not always going to work. And the way you think it ought to happen is not always the way it's going to happen. Amen, but you're going to have to make up your mind and you know what no matter how long it takes no matter what it takes no matter how much work it is I am convinced amen I'm going to make an impact I'm going to make a difference in people's life I'm willing to pay the price amen if I have to I'll climb up on the roof if I have to I'll take some of the roof off I'm going to do whatever it will take in order to make an impact see only with the right purpose united with the right people add in a whole lot of persistence only then will you have and make a personal impact. See, as your pastor, I'm not just interested in getting you to heaven. I don't want you to poor, be poor when you get there. <laughs> I said, I don't want you to be poor when you get there. I don't want you slumming. I don't want you on the slum side of heaven. <laughs> now, the slum side of heaven is the great side this, of, of earth. <laughs> I want some rewards waiting on you. Amen. I don't get up here and talk about money and talk about giving, talk about and talk about missions, all this stuff, because it makes me so popular, because it doesn't. I do it. Because I've read the word, and it says we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to receive our rewards, what we have done in this body. Not only what we've done in this body, but what motives we did them from. Because even good works done in wrong motives, you've got your reward here, Jesus said. There's not going to be no reward over there. I want to get you to heaven, but I don't want you to show up empty-handed. I want some things there when you get there. That's my heart. Amen. I want you to have, make an impact. Our church make an impact, but I want you to make an impact 